Hello everyone, this is Julian Mousseli speaking. I'm the host of the Pharma Leaders podcast. I have been working within the pharma industry for the past seven years and I'm now leveraging my network and connections to share insights to the whole community and hopefully accelerate innovation. So you'll hear from senior decision makers, VPs and C-levels from leading organizations within the pharma industry. The format here is very simple and straightforward. It's 15 minutes per episode, so it can fit into your busy schedule. For our second episode, we decided to focus on a very specific question, which is at the center of everything pharma do, how to engage patients. And to cover this topic, I'm very keen to interview Jean-Paul Digui, ex-general manager for Novo Nordisk Maghreb, ex-corporate vice president for Novo Nordisk in Africa. And Jean-Paul spent a bit more than 30 years at Novo Nordisk and is precisely the kind of people who understands perfectly the pharma industries and knows how to navigate inside a complex organization. So Jean-Paul, before we start to dig into our topic, can you quickly introduce yourself? What's your background, career path, and area of expertise? Thanks, Julien, for allowing me to share my perspective and insight about patient engagement and patient design. My name is Jean-Paul Digi. I'm a seasoned C-suite leader with more than 30 years of experience in the pharma and medtech industry. I have a comprehensive and mixed background and experience combining medical, scientific, commercial, market access and pricing, governmental affairs, and more recently digital health and artificial intelligence. I'm also a certified negotiator on the Agence des Négociateurs. And I have a comprehensive managerial experience with over more than 20 years coaching and managing multiple commercial affiliate and general manager, as well as local production factories for tablet and injectable in many countries in Europe, US, Middle East, and Africa. I also used to oversee the worldwide marketing for insulin and medicine for rare bleeding disorder, working from Copenhagen in the year 2000. I spent most of my career working for Novo Nordisk, an industry leader specialized in diabetes, obesity, and rare disease. And I also worked for a few years at the beginning of my career in the hospital and at the French National Institute of Health and Medical Research, called INSERM, and for Alcohol Laboratories. And more recently, I'm also advising digital health startups like DAPnext or WeFight and some green tech like the GreenLink. All right. Thank you very much for the intro, Jean-Paul. I suggest we now dig into our topic of the day. We all know that the pharma industry has been talking about patient engagement since uh, the past decade now, if not uh, more. Can you tell us why pharma leaders want or even need some time to engage and include patients in their strategic decision-making process? Indeed, Julia, we are witnessing right now a paradigm shift in the patient industry relationship driven by uh, irreversible changes in patient information access. Nowadays, patients can have access to the same online healthcare resource, clinical studies, and data as medical professionals and industry experts. That doesn't mean that they are literate, but at least that they can more and more discuss, share, agree on the decision that healthcare providers are taking for them. Unfortunately, on the healthcare provider side, the model under which a clinician has been trained, the way care is conducted and still delivered, has not changed significantly since decade, whether it is supposedly more patient-centered. Indeed, very few doctors, 
know or want to know what patient daily problems really are. And both healthcare professionals and the healthcare system in general very seldom, at least until recently, gather information on patient-related outcome and even less on patient experience in their healthcare journey. As a consequence, for people suffering from chronic disease like diabetes, cardiovascular disease, chronic kidney disease, pulmonary disease, skin disease, cancer, we see too often late diagnosis, medical nomadism, clinical inertia, patient non-adherence. We also see, unfortunately, poor medical and psychological outcome, while on the contrary, use of healthcare resources are booming. Employed patients want to get engaged in their health or disease management. They want to become health literate to really share the medical plan and treatment healthcare providers are embarking them into, as well as they also want to receive more reliable and relatable health information from the company that makes their medication. And to achieve this, more and more patients are joining online community, are using spontaneously various digital health sensors, so what you call wearables, to manage their health, and some patient community movement even put pressure on a regulator. This is a case, for example, for the We Are Not Waiting diabetes community, which created without any healthcare provider's support the do-it-yourself pancreas software, not registered as a medical device, and available freely on the web to provide patients with using insulin pump with the right dose of insulin based upon their blood glucose level. Pushed by this cultural transformation, pharma executives back in the early 2010s started claiming their company were patient-centric, fighting even between each other on that claim. However, from a patient perspective, patient centricity has been and still is a passive process. Patient voice literally has no power or decisions being made by the project organizer or the industry leader. There is therefore another need to shift patient centricity from this relatively passive process driven by industry needs into a far more active and collaborative process driven by both parties' needs and preference. And to build this new world of practice workflow, we simply must engage with patients as true partner. We must optimize the process, the care process, around the priorities and the wants of the ultimate stakeholder with the patient. And patient design is this new approach that can make it happen. It should involve patients, experts of their experience, sitting on project committees, advisory boards at its agenda, capable of advising and influencing the highest level of decision-making in the organization, whether they are pharma, regulator, payer, or policymaker. I just to finish on this, I just would like you listening to this podcast to reflect if this is happening in your company and how you could improve this if it's not that. Thank you for sharing your perspective, Jean-Paul. That's insightful. I know you have been working for many years in emerging regions such as Africa or Maghreb. Perhaps can you mention a successful initiative that you have implemented at Novo Nordisk and in which patients were included or even at the center of the project? And also, if you take a step back, do you feel it would not have been a success if the patient perspective was not considered here? Definitely, Julien. I would the Algeria Mobile Clinic as this innovative project that embedded patient organization in its design and execution. In 2011, for the World Diabetes Day, Ronald is in partnership with the Algerian Federation of Patient Association, the Algeria Diabetology Association, she's a doctor association, 
and the Ministry of Health all gathered in a joint project steering committee decided to launch the Algeria Diabetes Mobile Clinic aiming at providing state-of-the-art diabetes care management for people with diabetes all over the country, and especially in the remote southern parts of the country where medical care services are limited and in large cities for underserved population. This mobile clinic was set up as a medical bus, fully equipped to provide a comprehensive evaluation of a person with diabetes medical status, biological value or an evaluation. The medical team realizing this evaluation whether they were medical uh, doctor specialists, nurses, biologists, pharmacists, and uh, operator, they all were provided and supervised by the Ministry of Health. The place where the bus was stopping in its city was decided by the local branch of the Ministry of Health, city major, and the local patient organization. The advertising of the mobile clinic venue in the city the two weeks prior to the event was done jointly by the local branch of the Ministry of Health and the Patient Association and the Medical Association through all possible media, whether it was press, radio, social media. It was also done through the mosque, after the bridge, and at the local hospital and doctor's office through poster and emailing campaign through the MOH. During one stop, the mobile clinic was staying 10 days and an average of 2,000 people with diabetes were screened. There were four stops per year, except in 2020 for the COVID period and only one in 2021. On the period 2011-2022, close to 80,000 people with diabetes were such evaluated in 38 cities around Algeria. After two years, in 2013, the Mubai Clinic was enriched thanks for pay-to-page recommendation with a medical village. In this medical village, the local cities that could come complete some medical examination to evaluate their medical status, metabolic risk, and be informed of the way to prevent metabolic disease, whether it was obesity, diabetes, hypertension, or even liver disease. And during that period, starting from 2013, more than 150,000 people, citizens, visited this village. For each stop, an average of 150 people were working every day to welcome and drive the population for different points of care. The launch of this innovative program would not have been possible without the unconditional support of the patient organization, which fine-tuned the initial conceptual ideas and helped in its execution. This program was recognized as a truly innovative project internally within the Bonaudis and won two prestigious patient-focused and market access awards. It was also very well received by the Ministry of Health at the Algerian medical and patient community, helping Novo Nordisk in Algeria to maintain its leadership position, developing sales, and launching new medicine before competition. So, all in all, Julia, I must say that embedding patient organization into this project was really an enlightening success and a great market access tool. That's a great example and a big success story, so congrats on this one. Now what I understand from various pharma companies I'm working with is that pharma is still struggling to engage patients in basically everything they do, although everyone says it's key to succeed. So why is that? Three main reasons I can see why pharma is still struggling to engage patients are the following. First one is the lack of trust in pharma by patients. Pharma is perceived and seen as untrustful, profit-driven, ready to hide serious drug or medical device problem to keep making profit, and they are also perceived as arrogant. The second point is a preference for patients to interact with patient organization rather than with pharma. 
patient value more service and a more trustful of survey, collecting patient-related outcome, patient-related expense, coming from patient association, which better understand their need, and we found patient wants more services and tools related to their psychological and emotional condition, to their finance, ability, access to the care of treatment, and they also want more independent and reliable information on therapies and clinical trials. And this is seldom addressed by pharma survey. In fact, pharma really shifts its view of patient organization as policy and advocacy partners, and instead use them as a co-design partner to improve patient care journey. The third point is really that pharma has still a prominent patient-centric approach, not yet a real patient design. And solving this issue is especially important in countries like US, China, South Africa, where the prevalence of private health care is high and means that patients are playing a more influential role in their own treatment decision. Therefore, if pharma companies want to get valuable and reliable information about patient expectation outcome, if they want to engage more with patients, want to provide patients with more personalized care, then they need to collect those insights from a place where patients spontaneously and freely report feedback, express opinion about their daily life, pay part in the healthcare journey, treatment experience, their satisfaction about healthcare provider or hospital interaction. They should also include patients in the highest level of governance body in their organization to ensure that the learnings are well translated into real patient needs and benefits. This may be done through screening and detailed analysis of social media sources, through collection of prompts and prompts, partnership with patient organization, and or from truly pharma independent web services or chatbot attracting a large community of patients sharing the same disease. Diabetes, which you are very familiar with, is known as one of the most digitalized indications. Can you tell us why? Thanks for the question, Julien. And uh, yes, diabetes is definitely one of the most, if not the most, digitalized disease. This is mainly due because blood glucose is the most volatile biological constant in the body. It fluctuates all day long. And to manage this highly volatile biological parameter, you only had, until recently, limited information about your blood glucose journey. You will have to punch your finger to collect a little drop of blood and then measure your capillary blood glucose level using what we call a blood glucose meter. And you have to do this measurement multiple times a day, up to seven to eight times if you are type 1 on multiple injection, and only one twice a day if you are a type 2 patient on base of insulin. And each time, you need to be able to react fast based upon the result. And you can then understand easily that taking important decisions or those few isolated blood glucose points is not an easy task. Therefore, yes, diabetes and especially insulin-treated diabetes is a very complex disease to live with. And that disease, very importantly, it is a patient and not the healthcare provider is in the front seat to take all those important decisions every minute, every day, or lifelong. And this is why external help and support is required and more than welcome by people with diabetes. And the ultimate goal for this external support is to limit the number of decisions a person with diabetes will have to take personally 
replacing them by digital tool, kind of virtual companion, that will take those decisions in its behalf in order for him to focus more on life and less on diabetes. Unfortunately, in the last decade, and it's even accelerating and booming right now, we saw the advent of numerous technology, artificial intelligence, wearable, but even though they are not yet perfect and not available to all people with diabetes worldwide, are really helping people with diabetes their daily life and progressively reducing their mental load and improving their outcome. So yes, Julien, diabetes is clearly a place where patient design, digital health, artificial intelligence algorithms are eagerly needed to improve healthcare journey and reduce its burden. All right, and on a final note now, can you share an advice for entrepreneurs targeting pharma? My best advice for entrepreneurs who want to enter the pharma market are the following. First one is to be the first to truly embed patient's voice in your organization, in your journey. This will help you finding disruptive idea, disruptive concept, and grow your business. Second part is to be passionate, third, to be resilient, and mostly enforced. Surround yourself with a diverse team of talented people that share and live this same vision. 